darkness. My old friend. Hey, so uh, <laughs> darkness just flew in from uh, the Big Island of Oahu. Indeed. And boy, his uh, boy, my aunt. Yeah, so boots. he was there with the entire uh, in-law. Yeah, clan. it was my uh, my in-laws' fiftieth wedding anniversary. Uh, and they are sixty three and sixty four years old because they were yeah. Well, in, in typical FCAM fashion, <laughs> they, they were betrothed before they, before they could drive. Before they could drive, which is fine. It's eight uh, siblings and thirty grandchildren total. But, uh, yeah, not all but, present. Uh, no grandchildren were present. Were present. Just, this was this was just adults. Uh, just just the uh, the grown ups. Just the grown ups. Okay, yeah. so uh, that would be the eight plus assorted uh, and, husbands, wives. Yep, and, and all their spouses minus one who doesn't have a spouse. Okay, yeah. good. So no doubletons because this is not the fu- fundamentalist F camp. Correct. Just, yeah, just straight up ones. It's a one to one ratio. Yeah, one to one ratio. <laughs> No, these are questions I think you ask in a probing way yeah. to get down to the bottom. Of I have no problem answering questions. Uh, and so we've established that. Or making up answers. And you were there for a short period of time, and now you're back here in uh, in the New Jerusalem. That's right. No worse for wear Could not wait to get back. Because as beautiful as the Big Island is, and as many wonderful photo opportunities and such that we were able to have, and the other exciting things, and we learned about Polynesian culture and all kinds of crazy great stuff. But there's nothing quite like flying in to the New Jerusalem. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's just a fact. Charlotte Douglas looks good from the sky, and then you, you know, touch down. Did I ever tell back. you that? It's funny, because it's not like Charlotte Douglas or any airport, for that matter, is in, like, this great part of town that's really beautiful. Like, generally speaking, it's industrial-ish, yeah, and, you know, right. it's kind of a little ways out of the, right. the great part of town, right? Because you got to fly big planes in and out of there. Right. And... Um, Originally, it was but way out of town. It was. Town is and kind if, of if, crept over. <laughs> if you ever don't really don't have much else to do, look up Charlotte Douglas Airport on Wikipedia and read about it. It's fascinating. It's development. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, within a lifetime, people still alive. They're just like, yeah, we'll put a dirt strip out there. This whole newfangled airplane thing might take off like in the right. 30s or whatever. And, and now it's like one of the, the five busiest airports in the country, it's I think. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, when we, when my wife and I were, uh, we at the time were living in uh, uh, what we would call Zion, I guess, uh, the the old Jerusalem. No, I don't know. In, in Utah, we were living yeah. in Utah, and we were looking to leave. We knew we wanted to head out to somewhere, right? And um, we decided, you know, uh, we could start looking and thinking about it and whatever. And uh, my parents at the time lived in, in uh, well, still do, live in Southwest Virginia. So you can't fly direct into there. So you have to lay over someplace, right? So, because you got to catch it. So we, we hopped down to Atlanta and then we get on the little plane. Or, oh, no, I'm sorry. We didn't, we didn't hop down. Uh, we laid over in Charlotte this time. Like it was, a, we, we popped over from Utah to Charlotte, laid over there, and then hopped on the little plane to get to Roanoke, which yeah. is the closest airport to my folks. And as we sat in the Charlotte airport, this is this is really what happened, right? We sat in Charlotte Airport. We looked out the window and independently of one another, my wife and I looked at each other and said, we could live in Charlotte. Like, it looks nice out there. And I'd never been to Charlotte before. I really yeah. didn't know a whole lot about it. Right. But there was just something about the New Jerusalem that when I, we looked out there, we, I mean, truly, like, we're sitting in the airport, looked at one another and went, we could live here. Yeah. And we're like, that's weird. Maybe we should tuck that back somewhere. That might be important later. And, uh, and then we had a short stint in Atlanta uh, for about like 10 months. And then we we're like, this is terrible. This is a garbage city. And so when we were looking to go somewhere else, I said, why don't we go to Charlotte? Was that, That's how you ended up here? That is how we ended up here. 100%. Uh, that is such a rando story. Isn't it? But th- to me, and, and you know, again, a man can believe what he wishes, but 
uh, I believe, especially given the events in my life that have happened since then. Yeah. I, I believe that we were drawn. Uh, I believe that God directed that whole deal yeah. and sent us here. I feel so. Yeah. So, cause there's really no reason. Right. We don't have family here. We don't, I mean, there was no uh, great hub for my career. That, you know, like, right. In fact, <laughs> upon arriving in Charlotte, I worked for about a year and a half. And then I was like, I departed corporate life and started my own thing. I guess I, but it's uh so it wasn't like there was a job for me here necessarily. It just, this is where, this is where he wanted us. So this is where we came. Hundreds of thousands have said likewise in the uh, recent uh, Isn't that nuts? Past. It's yeah. true though. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times like we'll show up at church and new family and we're like, so what brings you to Charlotte? They're like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We just felt like this was the right place to be. Right. Met with a young guy today is uh, a Yinzer, mm. former Yinzer, and uh, very similar. He's just like, yeah, it's funny. He's like mid thirties. Funny how we ended up in Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, um, this is the, uh, this is where Billy Grant's from. And he kind of looked at me blankly. Yeah. <laughs> you had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> don't know what I'm talking about. Ooh. You know, yeah. Franklin Grant. Yeah. No, 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 I don't have either. No, yeah. no. Okay, never mind. So, anywho, uh, yeah. a lot of stuff's uh, come from here. A lot of stuff's, uh, of course, uh, we are most proud at F3 started here. Indeed. In Freedoms Park. Well, Freedom Park. Freedom Park, yeah. So, um, which uh, is kind of a little play on words that we have. So, it, for those of you who are not from Charlotte uh, and not that familiar with F3, or you may not know that the... Uh, the orid, what the precursor of what became F three was at Freedom Park, which is a one of the first public parks really in in Charlotte. So was it? Oh yeah, and uh, it's now it's now located in some pretty Tony real estate. I mean, it's like oh, probably yeah. worth. It's, it's nice, right? <laughs> so I, I'm sure. I th- gosh, I knew some guys who practiced law when I first got here. Who are probably in their seventies now who remember it being put together as children. Mm. So, um, you know, it wasn't in the, it was in a neighborhood, but it wasn't, you know, the way. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Like you, where a half acre would literally a half acre, not even a half. Those, so they're basically quarter acre lots near Freedom Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a, and it was a house that you were going to tear down, right? You'd probably pay a million for or something right, right now for yeah, it, yeah. just for sure. that quarter acre. So, yeah. you know, Freedom Park is, I think. F- for 80 acres or something like that. I don't know. I'll have to look now. It's in the, yeah, it's in the, yeah. Cause I looked it up at the time. Let's see. Uh, so that's in the, it's in the uh, book, but um, it's interesting to me that they called it freedom park. You know, and at the time when they were naming it, of course they couldn't know any of the right. things that were coming, but right. it is, it is not uh, lost on me. Yeah. Yeah. If you happen to do uh, the GTE in Charlotte, this past summer, which is 23 dark. Was that 23? 24. 24. Uh, the water obstacle was the pond in Freedom Park. And like a water obstacle would have been bad enough. But from what I understand, <laughs> the pond there is not, uh, uh, you're not supposed to get in it. It's not designed <laughs> it's not, to get yeah. to, to get in it. And that's it. not because it's so uh, horrible or, you know, whatever. Right. But they put some chemical in it to try and keep the algae down. That's apparently not very good for you. No, like you really shouldn't really be exposed shouldn't to that. Be in there. <laughs> the only other time I've, I've the only time I've been in there or seen anyone get in there, is probably about nine years ago. We did like this kind of like obstacle. I, I remember thing. somebody talking about that. They called it the apocalypto. Yeah, uh, yeah, the apocalypto. We were on. The idea was, you know, you, you had these points that you had to hit, and one of them is on kind of a peninsula that's in the middle of the pond, and there's about thirty or forty feet of water. 
in between, but you were supposed to run around to the bridge to get to the peninsula. So we gave those instructions. And of course, F3 Cindy, the original bat flipper, was in the lead. And he just ran straight into the water and went right across. Didn't, didn't run around. Just it's, it's the same thing he does in the streets. It is the same he just, thing. Yeah. He has a place he's going. He really doesn't care what's right. going on around you. Right. 98 acres. 98, 98 acres. acres. 98 That's acres. a lot of acres That's for a, that part of town. Yeah, that would be worth billions. <laughs> not billions, but millions of dollars. Well, so, now I'm going to have to figure that out. 98 times. Like, keep going. <laughs> well, no, that's for an acre. You're saying a quarter acre. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. I can't so, do the math in my head. So yeah. it, it would be very valuable real estate, but is now... Um, a public park and it's the public park where the precursor for f3 started you know when i first uh met obt and you know we envisioned this idea of f3 at freedom park and um not quite a, a little over half a billion a little over half a billion yeah, dollars a worth, a, billion. Worth, a, worth of real estate you know it's yeah. funny with all the real estate developers in Charlotte must drive that, you know, they're in there it's going, salivating. Why? <laughs> this is a disgrace. The families really need to walk around. No, we don't need this park. Uh, another cool thing about it is if you go there on a nice day on a Saturday, it's about the most diverse park you're ever going to see. In terms of uh, the demographics of the yeah, people there. So it's not just people that live there. Yeah, no, no. That, yeah. It's I on that. people that don't probably don't live there. Because it I'm is guessing. a very large, yeah. and, and it has a ton of stuff in it, you yep. know, a ton of different little playgrounds and yep. walking trails and, and a lake right. and an amphitheater and all these kinds of things. I mean, it's like right. a bunch of stuff. So people travel from outside right. the Soccer the limits. fields, basketball. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of club diamonds, sports probably right. played there. Right. Uh, and nowhere near enough parking. <laughs> no, no. Which is the point. Part of it was, uh, you know, there's usually a county sheriff on the park or on the on the east boulevard side is directing traffic in and out of it because there's so much traffic right but there are never any police officers within it yeah uh which is the point of the first chapter of the minivan centurion yeah the introduction in the introduction and i I bring that up because we're kind of revolving back to the front here with our uh podcast yep uh we kind of started this on the fly I'm not sure exactly where we were. It would it would not. Uh, let's just say it's on brand for the two of us to just yes. jump out and start doing something and not necessarily know exactly where it's going. That's go. right, exactly yeah. right. So, you know, I don't know exactly where we were when we started, but we just kind of started talking about it. And yeah, it was like the yeah. six or seven. I don't remember what chapter right. was out at that point. But. And uh, but now we're we've dropped all twenty chapters mm-hmm. and the introduction and the and the conclusion. In Toto, it's like probably. A, book form 110 pages or so uh you would ask me i don't remember but yeah. it, it ain't long and it uh, ain't long. you are working on that yes it of course is being put together in uh in a book form uh and i will uh say i have tremendous gratitude that you're doing that i'm also aware that you also have produced very recently the book form for sale freely to the deuce yes and Interesting you should mention that. I got an email from Amazon this very day right. uh, that it is now, I believe, completed. Good. It's 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 harder than some sometimes than you would think to uh, Amazon puts you Amazon. through your paces. On well, this here's one. the funny thing, and I guess it's because it's a small division and it's not something they want to pour a lot yeah. of money and time into. The irony of that being, you know, Amazon started as an online bookseller. Good point. Um, but, uh, you know, you make a... Ch- let, so as an example, I'll give you an example. Uh, the ISDN number... For, or is that ISBN? I think it's BN. I think it is BN. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what ISDN. Oh, I know what ISDN is. That's the uh, 
that's a, a radio thing. Like if you wanted to dial into a place and have oh. it. anyway, uh, yeah, the ISBN number, though you digress, I yeah. do, uh, that was on the original book could not be used because it was still attached to the original, the original book, book, which is still out there. It is it's still technically in print. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and while that, is getting shut down. It doesn't matter. Amazon, Amazon would not assign that same one. So they come back with a and say. So what they do is you upload everything and then they review it for errors, right? So right. it says, oh, your ISBN number is is no good. You got to right. get different ones. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then, but it was listed on a page in the book, so I had to go in and actually change that in the in the book to the new one. All right, no problem. Okay, fine, no problem. But here's what happens: as soon as you upload the the corrected version, it takes them theoretically up to and including 72 hours to review it again and make sure it's okay. But what they don't do is they don't send you an email or a note saying, here's all the errors. One at a time. One, it's one at a time. You fixed that. Now we'll move on to the next thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your page numbers were screwed up. That's probably in an effort to slow you down. I, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. So it, it, it was very frustrating because every time a new thing would pop up that they wanted <laughs> changed, I would change it, submit it, wait 72 hours, get, get a note back and be like, son of a gun. You know, then you have to find time to do that. Right, and, and so right. it was like this seemingly never-ending uh, 72-hour right. loop. And you on. say, curses, Amazon, we're going to go to your competitor. And then they're like, yeah. Good luck with that. That's like going to get your driver's license from the other DMV. <laughs> That's true. In right. the self-publishing world? That's it. Pretty much true. In the, uh, you also have in the hopper, Mm -hmm. The audio version yes, of, of Q Source, uh, Q Source, which is uh, the fastest selling uh, leadership field manual in the F three family of leadership field manuals right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No right. question. I mean, it is smoking every other one. So that audio book is there's only one. There's only one. So that audio book <laughs> is is scheduled for publication in the very near future. Yes, and then yeah. behind all that yes. would of course be. Uh, the minivan centurion. I'm trying to do them in parallel, ah. and uh, I'm, I'm. We'll say that I'm having limited success, but I, I've decided also because you uh, do have a job, yeah, yeah. <laughs> family, yeah, you know, other whatever. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I did uh, uh, recently make the decision that I have relied on uh, an army of one for long enough. And so I have recruited some volunteers to help me out with some things. And, uh, and this is on the F3 South House. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which will help. That will help. Uh, that's really good. Yeah. Cause uh, you, you mentioned, yeah, all those things, a job. Yes. Family. Yes. Right. And, uh, being president of F3 nation is not, is not a small uh, amount of time. I also noted on the, uh, social media verse that you and the other members of the F3 nation, SLT did a retreat. We did. In, uh, I want to say, Moorhead City. Do I have that right? No. What was it? No, uh, Shalote. Shalote. Yeah. Shalote. Yep. Which is near the Carolina coast, but not about, quite about on it. 10 minutes out. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite on it. Uh, and the whole crew was in there, which meant that you had some guys flying in, like uh, Gobbler. Yeah, Gobbler flew in. in. Uh, Bing flew in. Yeah. Uh, GMO flew in. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, pretty good. I also heard. Uh, a lot about it on the COT podcast, which I encourage everyone oh, to listen to. Yeah, I have not listened. I was yeah. on, uh, being on vacation, I truly did shut not it down and vacationed everything, and good. I did not. Yeah. So. Good. Uh, that's very good. So on that vacation note, let's roll that oh, good call. beautiful bean footage. And we're, and we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. 
What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the minivan centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The minivan centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. So that brings us kind of where, kind of take this podcast where wherever it's going to go. Right. Uh, we don't really, Darkest and I don't really have a strong agenda. No, it's the the mission of the podcast is to spread the ideas and the philosophy and the understanding of what a minivan centurion is, how most of us men don't even necessarily realize it uh, consciously right out of the gate, but this is what we are aspiring to be as we apply F3 principles and other good leadership principles and just good principles of being a man uh, into our lives. Uh, Dred, once again, has brilliantly articulated what that looks like. Honored. Uh Uh-huh. And put it into a, a, so far an electronic form and soon to be a book. And, and so this this is an attempt to sort of get this out and for guys to hear it and to understand that. Um, because you know what it is, I think, is a lot of us, and, and this was true of me and, I, and I've seen it as I've worked with men across the country. Um, a lot of us have these feelings in our heart and have been in need of someone to put them uh, into words. Uh, I know we've had a discussion about that, but to, but to articulate that yeah. in a way that we say, yeah. And if nothing else, even if we say not quite that, but this with unity on the essentials, right? Right. Um, but it, it, it has given, uh, it gives us a place to kind of point and go that, yeah, you know what? That is what I believe. Because at the end of the day, your favorite expression. Uh, I'm trying to stop saying that. It's very difficult. It's yeah. become pervasive. But uh what are we? Tr- what is it that we say right. we do here? Right. We love and protect our family. We try desperately to be an asset in our community right. because becoming missional is part of what a man is supposed to do. And once he has that mission, then he's. Tr- I mean, it has to be in service to something larger, usually the community around us, right? Right. And to our God, and and then uh, also, as it turns out, and this is probably one of the more difficult ones for guys to wrap their head around, to hold the middle. Yeah. To hold the middle to stop participating in the partisanship and the activities of the splitter so that we actually become unified. That was one of the things that was great about this vacation. All of the Polynesian islands. So we, we went to, uh, we stayed in Oahu and on that island there is, and it is uh, F. Cam owned. I just can't believe I just said that. It is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's called the Polynesian Cultural Center. And PCC. It, that is exactly now I will say that is marketing that they do have they do call the PCC so those of you maybe new to this podcast (laughs) here we go uh, Dark Helmet takes some umbrage he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints which is formerly known as Mormon Church yes and uh, I just I am 
vehemently. I'm, <laughs> no, I was say, that's, that's probably a little strong. I, I, yeah, no, it's not vehemently. I, yeah. I am perplexed. Yes. Why the the elders the up the council of twelve of the of the church chose to take a well recognized name that's not in any way derogatory that everyone knows they had a whole tabernacle named after it. Yeah. And for reasons that I understand, but don't outweigh the practicality of it, try to force the rest of the world and its own membership to start using that long name yeah. instead of the Mormon church. And now, so, I mean, it's a lot of rebrands. Like when, you know, uh, the old First Union Bank in that uh, was headquartered here in Charlotte. Right had a bad reputation so it right. bought a much smaller bank <laughs> and named it Wachovia that. and named itself Wachovia yeah. and then I mean two years later Wachovia just com- just 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 just, it up. just, yep. just went uh, imploded and they got bought by longer Wa- than that wasn't it? it wasn't very long it was longer than two years but yeah a couple of years but yeah well the reason no, I remember this so clearly is because I was a, a depositor and uh, I you know I this was back before you could take a picture of your check, right? Right. And I would walk down the branch and, you know, I watched them change all the signage and, you know, then, so oh, like, yeah. then I, you know, they changed all the signs. I'm like, uh, that though, the the Mormon church is not the first union of churches. I mean, the, it's, no. it was fine, Mormon. You yeah. know, it's, 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 it's got a basis in, in, in the, in your traditions. And I, I mean, it's like kind of odd to me, but to pick something so difficult, <laughs> I, I mean, I so tell them what you, what you said on my way over here. You're like, it's like if the Beatles, yeah, it's like the Beatles said had a young marketing executive from Provo who comes in and says, <laughs> "Look, why don't you guys change the name Beatles to the gang of guys who sing happy songs from England?" I mean, <laughs> someone's re- like, right? Well, like the Beatles, right? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. We're, it's not very different. It's not really that. good advice, and I don't know where the uh, the uh, council of 12 got that advice or why they did it but you know that's why i call it fcam formerly yeah. known as mormon and dark uh is somewhat disturbed because although none of these people are people with whom i have any direct contact people are starting to call it fcam it's really starting to bug me and it's bugging them and i'm like <laughs> but that's just what happens it's probably what happened the first time because 100 mormon comes from the, the angel maroney who is one of the first Actually, to appear. So it actually comes from the guy. So Mormon was a guy. He was the son of Maroney. Maroney's offspring. Right. And he was the guy who compiled all of the writings from the prophets who had lived. uh, I think we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, in in the American area, somewhere in North and South, we really don't know exactly. But um, but with that, he was the one who kind of compiled the book, like all of the stuff. He was the great editor. Uh, and then it was translated later by Joseph Smith. That's right. where that came from. But, um, but yeah, so he was the guy who it's put fine. it on. So that's why it was called the Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. It's his book. And, and, subtitled, and then we're the Mormons. Well, see, that's the other thing. It's like it's subtitled Another Testament of Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. Like it, it's fine. I, it's all you'd fine. You'd think it would be clear, but. It is clear. It was clear to, to uh, all, all of us. Except, all except. All except the Council of Twelve for some reason. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, I do laugh at sometimes in F3 this happens. Um, in Metro, F3's uncle tried to get a long-standing workout called The Worm uh-huh. in F3. Oh, you tried to rename The Worm? He wanted to rename it, move it to a different location in time. But the <laughs> funniest part was he didn't even go to The Worm. <laughs> 
And he, <laughs> why did he even care? He pitches this to the and the guys <laughs> who are worm guys here oh, in no. Metro are very strong loyalists. Loyalists, yeah. And oddly, took did were not in favor of his suggestion. And because it's Metro, uh, they let him know. They let him know in no uncertain terms. In no uncertain terms. <laughs> To shut it down. Yeah, I, I love the worm. The worm is probably one of, and again, I know this is an F3 podcast, but since we're down this rabbit hole already, uh, the worm is probably one of the most foul and <laughs> irresponsible and irreverent. Irreverent. Is the word you're searching and, for. Yeah, yeah, I mean, all of those things. Just Yeah. It's got bat flippers. It's got, uh, if you go to Metro, it's, oh, and it's at 0600 on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, it's just gotten brutal. It's so good. And it's in, in the midst of COVID, you know, th- there's some background that we were moving stuff around, trying to keep the workouts open. And um, there was some basis for uncle trying to do that, but it was the reaction to it yeah, was like, but you know, when, when, uh, when Nelson, who's the, the head honcho of the council at 12 said, we're changing the name of the church. Everybody went like, okay, uh-huh. <laughs> not a single guy's like the heck you are. <laughs> now we don't know. It's the book of All Mormon. The- <laughs> <laughs> Nelson, uh, but none of that has anything to do. I have no right. idea. How do we even get down? It, to the it's call? almost like the Pope, the current Pope, coming and say, "We're not going to call it the Catholic Church anymore. We're going to call it the the, the Church Holy of Roman, the, the Holy Roman Church of the original disciples' descendants." I'm like, uh, who the you know, heck is calling Catholic? But Catholic, right. there's no one named Catholic. We can't right. call it that. Now, listen, I am not a member of the FCAM. We know, but. I would say my response, I think, would have been like Nelson. If it's good enough for Brigham Young, it's good. It's good enough for me. <laughs> and on that note, we're moving on. Yes, we're moving on. Yes. So back to Freedom. Oh, Park. Wait. Oh, that's, that's right. We're talking about a book. We're talking about book. Sorry, so we're back to, to Freedom yeah. Park. Yeah. So uh, I don't know why they named it Freedom Park. I'm glad they did because it's uh, it's a great name for a park. So I got this, uh, you know, this idea from being in Freedom Park when my kids said. Yeah. You know, Daddy, why aren't there any police officers in Freedom Park? And I said, uh, you know, I guess they're someplace else. They're, where they're, 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 they're needed. And one of my other daughters said, you know, we have the daddies here. Yeah. So we don't need oh, the, we don't, we don't police. Need police. We've got daddies. Yeah. Of course, you know, that got me yeah. tear, for, tear eyed. But I, you know, as, as I'm apt to do, you know, I, I um, saw a metaphor in that. Yeah. You know, the freedom that is provided for the people who, th- who throng. Freedom's Park, Freedom Park, on a Saturday afternoon, um, that freedom is provided not by the police force of, right. or the county sheriff, by, but by the men who live in the community. Yeah. Because they will not tolerate. Yeah. Uh, Don't come in here. Do not come in here with that. They will not tolerate it, yeah. you know? And it's, um, that's the way, in my mind, the community should be run. Um, or all communities that prosper are like that. So. Yeah. You know, uh, the other story I tell in that chapter happened a couple years after that, but I was kicking around a soccer ball, waiting for a soccer practice to start, and uh, a woman comes, I was with my daughters, and a woman comes rushing up to me and says, you know, can you take my kid? I got to take my other kid out of the side of town, and you yeah. know, for a baseball game, and I'm at wit's end, and I, his soccer practice starting in 10 minutes, could you please do that? And I'm like, fine, but yeah. you know. He'll know his coach when he sees him. But that, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, that, that, you know, the funny part of that whole story is that I'd never laid eyes on her before. Yeah. And I said to my girls afterwards, do you think that was funny she'd do that? And of course they said, look at yourself. <laughs> You're a- and I looked at myself in the side view mirror of my beat up uh-huh. minivan. And, uh, you know, I had uh, my, uh, 
run for your life t-shirt on my cargo right, my, right. my sta- coffee stained cargo shorts could you possibly look right. more like my my day. eckerd flip-flops right. you know and my ten dollars super cuts then haircut and uh yeah it's like, good that what you else? moved up to great clips yeah, yeah what else that. what else i guess i do look like a daddy they're like yeah. what else could you be yeah i mean nobody could ever pull together that look Right, yeah, and pull it off right. yeah, I, unless I guess, it was right. natural. Yeah, now, part of it was the minivan because I was rooting around in the back of my minivan for my yeah. soccer goal. You know, that collapsible soccer goal. And I think I said in the book something like, you know, um, Charles Manson or, or Ted Bundy could, yeah. could <laughs> Ted Bundy because that's how he's right, Ted Bundy. Ted yeah. Bundy could buy himself a minivan, right. but he could never replicate that the effluvium, that family yes. smell yes. of of chicken fingers and you know well, or he, barf he, he you know, could have dirty even diapers. stolen a man's right. van that was exactly like that right. even if he was wearing the cargo shorts there's right. something it's like you're right it's like right. A, a daddy pheromone or something that's, right. that's like <laughs> you smell like a daddy you yeah know? It's you like, just are one i mean you know i i can pretty much tell if i meet a guy whether he's got kids or not you know right. uh and well especially you got young kids if you have young kids like if you if you're wearing clothes that aren't the color of food you know, <laughs> like if I see all white, hey, I, I like your, you don't have I kids. like your white pants. Yeah. Nope. Right. Not a chance. Right. I yeah. mean, my clothes up until the time my kids were in their mid teens were the color of food and coffee <laughs> because I, I was, and the more pattern on them, right. the better. So the less distinguishable the stains, because were. I had a uh, high degree of likelihood of having both of those hurled on me. <laughs> 17 given moment. 17 seconds before i had you know <laughs> i was like i saw now this you, guy now, kids, you know i have an important like, meeting hey why don't you get one of those uh tan suits or uh you know serious soccer suit for the summer i'm like because it will be ruined it will not it will, it will be, yes yeah it will be it will be uh what's the word uh violated It'll i don't know violated <laughs> yeah violated so you know, so funny story though just just to and can you tell i'm on a I'm I'm just off vacation, so I'm all rested up and ready to chatter. Yeah, you're you're but you're, uh, you're bright eyed and bushy tailed. Yeah, but uh, had a while we're on the on the beach uh, in in Oahu. Obviously, I don't know this person who came right. up to me. Um, this is rando, total rando. Were you in the PCC? And uh, no, no, wasn't okay. anywhere near the PCC. Okay, Other so you're, side out, of the you're out on the beach, just out on the beach, yeah. just hanging out. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't even like you know the the high likelihood of it being another right. FCAM. Right, right. No, that's that's why I asked. That, yeah, man. that's right. Yeah, right. that's a good point. Yeah, so um, just stand on the beach, and I I didn't realize this uh, because again, it's like water. Like you don't even realize it's you know if you're a goldfish in water, you don't even know, right? But uh, my wife pointed it out to me afterwards. So here's the the interaction, and uh, and and she has has heard this chapter uh, because I read it. To my, <laughs> I read. <laughs> Sit down and listen to this. You. You're going to be in dreadrenated. Okay. Who's Odysseus? I don't yeah. Um, but uh, so this rando woman uh, comes up to me. It's and, a randa, by the oh, way. Oh, sorry. Rando. Yes, the is feminine. A yes. Yeah. <laughs> randa. La randa. La randa. <laughs> La randa walks up to me. Hello, La randa. And she says she's got a couple little ones with her. Yep. And um, her stuff is all over, you know, is on the beach. Now, I don't know if we're in a good part of town or bad part of town. Right. It's beautiful everywhere, so right. I don't. I don't really know. And she may know, or she may not know, or she may just be nervous. Maybe she's from Detroit or something. Sure, like this sort of thing happened. I don't know, right? But she comes up to me and she says, "Now, mind you, all my other brothers-in-law and or spouses of my sisters-in-law. So there's there's eight men right to choose from. Nine, nine with my father-in-law. Right. right? You know, nine men to choose from on the beach. Right. And um, she walks up to me and she says, "Hey, uh, I need to. You know, these kids got to go to the bathroom." And which is, you know, down across and, you know, it's probably, I mean, it's easy a quarter mile, right? It's right. <laughs> it a little bit of a hike from where we were. And uh, she says, 
would you watch my stuff? And I said, I promise not to steal it. She says, I'm not worried about you. She says, I just want to make sure nobody else messes with it. She has a busy Hawaiian beach, right? And, uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Like, ha- happy to do it, right? And she very confidently then just walks off into, you know, whatever, right? right. And I said, uh, and my wife heard the whole exchange. I didn't say anything to, her, to my wife, but my wife heard the whole exchange, looked at me, and she says, see? And I was like, what's that? She's like, you're Manny Van Centurion. Manny Van Centurion. And I said, oh, that's funny. She says, no, look at yourself. She says, first of all, you're look like I, and I don't realize I'm doing it right. I'm standing while all my brothers-in-law are sitting. Yeah. Right. I'm standing and I'm just, just, it's just what happens right. when I show up. I'm just scanning the shoreline. Yeah. You know, just make sure everything's cool. Yeah. You know? And she says, look at you. Just like a good centurion would. And it's so funny cause it's threat checking. Yeah. I don't even realize, you right. know, like that's just how sure. apparently, you know, it's, it's happened now. It's right preparedness. There. Yeah. And so I'm, that's, and she says, look, who else you going to ask? Now she's a fan of her brothers and brothers-in-law more or less. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, and she's like, who else are you going to ask? You know, there are other people on the beach. Yeah. That's the other thing too, right? right. It's not like I was the only guy on the beach. You right. know, there's other families, other people. Well, you know what? I'm really glad you told that story because it's, it's, it's raised a thought in my head, which is, I like it when that happens. It's not just that you look like a daddy. It's that you look like you fight. Ah, uh, right. She's it, ready. Right. She's ready. <laughs> I mean, it's, because a lot of guys look harmless. Sure. Like a harmless, ah, passive, yes. puff, That's a very puffball. Yeah. But what good is it if she says, you know, well, you watch this stuff and you're like, sure. He's like, well, I'll look at she it, comes but I can't back do and anything. It's gone. And she says, where'd my stuff go? And you say, somebody came and took it. And but I, I, said, I said, it. hey, don't do that. I and wa- he just looked yeah, at me and walked I, away. I watched it. It's like that old joke. I think it's a Rodney Dageville joke. He's like, he's like. Yeah, my wife told me she stole my somebody stole my car. I was like, "Well, did you get a look at the guy?" She goes, "No, but I got a license plate." <laughs> Not heard that. For a second, I was trying to do a Rodney Dage filmation, and I gave up on it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no respect, no respect. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's one thing to be uh, on the one hand to be um, peaceful and sure. loving and protect and, and, yeah, look, and to look non-threatening. To, is one thing. Well, to, it's one thing to be the kind of man that people say, well, he would never hurt me. Sure. But uh, it's all, another thing entirely to say that he would not stand up to protect me. Yeah. You know, that that his same attitude of passivity that makes him harmless to me makes him impotent to others. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I think that's a part of it. You know, when I say minivan centurion, I'm using two words that don't go together. Right. Right. Yeah, the juxtaposition yeah, of which a juxtaposition paints a picture that, in your mind. That's right. So, you know, on the one hand, the minivan, you know, you, you just picture that typical, right? Yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, soft, puffy, surrender monkey dude. We saw but, plenty of those. And, but then the centurion is a warrior, but of course he's also a warrior with responsibilities for a lot of things. Yeah. Including, and if it's not in the first chapter, I don't think the second chapter, but there's a list of requirements that that come from like the roman field manual of its time mm, the Q, mm-hmm. Q source of its mm-hmm. time that list all the things that a centurion had to be right certain age and be able yep. to throw his yep. spear farther than anybody else and centurions <clears throat> carried this particular club i think it was called a vine it was literally made out of us this hardened vine mm, okay and that's how you could identify them on the battlefield and, and in the garrison whatever and that he used that vine as a prod and also as a as a tool 
of some serious dynamic <laughs> shame going. I mean, it was a goad in yeah. every sense, right? Skull crusher. What do you right. think? Right. And I'll, you know, the centurion was a guy who would love you to death if that's what it took. I mean, sure. they were men amongst men. And I think that's was a objective that I was trying to get across in this. On the one hand, you are, you know, when you we say love and protect your family, that protection aspect has a hard edge to it. Yeah. And you can't protect someone if you can't physically do so if that's what it would take yeah right so we were talking uh you we've done uh dark darkness just mentioned sheets ready so yeah <laughs> this is how you tweet that this, this is such so a ripoff of some dude whose name i cannot recall but i've heard him on several podcasts who has this idea of being gas station ready right yeah uh, at any moment right prepared and right. willing to fight and right. whatever needs to happen well yeah he but you need like his whole fitness regimen yeah. Is geared towards strength you would need and physical skills you would need if you were at a gas station late at night and you were accosted by a redneck. That's yeah. like, <laughs> which is just great. Right. Which is just great. Right. Right. Which is just great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've kind of adopted that and we, we know we call it uh, sheets ready because yeah. I went on the internets and picked out the uh, name of a, of a, gas station convenience store that was in the top yeah. 10 that I thought. Yeah, large chain. Yeah, large, yeah, yeah. Right, so Sheets well, Ready. And I'm familiar with Sheets, and, and they're, they're yeah, they're re- relatively national. Guys, because right. like Wawa, somebody mentioned Wawa. I think it's it was Kitty. I was like, that's too soft, and it's too, too regional. Soft. There's like, no Z in it. No, right? right it's not regional. That's yeah. Like, yeah, so, right. yeah. Circle K Ready. So, no, you know, what's no. the idea is, like, you know, you pull up with Sheets, it's, you know, it's 2 a.m., whatever, you don't know where you are, and uh, you get out and you're pumping gas, and some... Um, redneck approaches you with jackassery right uh you know one or two rednecks approach you and uh you, you ain't know, from around here are you the, boy? the car's locked and there's nobody in it so you by yourself what do you do yeah and i say you as quickly as possible put about 10 meters you know 10 yards in between right. you and those guys and say see if you can catch me right. <laughs> <laughs> you know like because i'm not Feel free to inflict whatever damage i think i would really would rather avoid a physical confrontation under any circumstances, particularly with oh, a guy sure. who has a heck of a lot less to lose than me. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, so you get and a lot fi- more to prove and a lot mind. more, well, a lot less, let's put it this way. You know, this is more many events centurion, but your children, you know, uh, I think it's Francis Bacon are hostages of fortune, right? Everything, every risk you take mm-hmm. and, uh, and every chance you take and, and ah. you know, your children yeah. and your family, you have to, they restrain you. Yeah. You know, uh, I was talking to a young guy today and he's like, uh, it was one of my plays actually, not that young, but he's like, yeah, I'm a little tired of my career. I'm taking a bigger change. And he's like, but uh, you know, it's got three kids, two kids. And we're talking about how tough that was. And I was like, you know, you realize something, man, of all the men I've known who have made major midlife changes and, uh, you know, like really, really big mm-hmm. ones, all of them were fired or their job went away or like yeah. all of them. Where you know buggy yeah, salesman didn't went coin when the car started. How yeah. you thought yeah. right? It, none of them that I could think of was a guy in the midst of a career who said, "Done, didn't get fired," except yeah. one. Yeah. So I know a guy at a big, big job, big, big job, mm-hmm. and he retired in his early fifties to to go do something else. Yeah. But of course, you know, he could retire. Yeah, right? so he, it wasn't he a, had that luxury. Yeah, and it wasn't a monetary thing. But, you know, I couldn't, you know, because you, and it's just part of it, you you have to compromise your adventure. Yeah. Right? And you may stick out a job that's not ideal for you, uh, which is basically every guy who works in a bank right now, uh, <laughs> right. you know, that's not ideal for you 
because uh, you know you that's your children are, because you are not your own. You, you're not your own. Yeah, you don't get to play that that's game right. anymore. You can't kill the hostage. Your family. You, you right. got to care for your family, right? Yeah. And uh, so, unless the circumstances are such that you are given no choice, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing to come home and say, "Honey, I got some bad news. I got fired today." Well, what are you going to do? It's like, look, I could try to go get the same job at you know the next right. bank down the street, right. or there'd be a great time to start our you know yeah, our remember that thing shop. we talked about. That's yeah. what we've always right. talked about. Yeah, you know, maybe this is God opening a door for us. I, you know, I don't know. That's one thing. It's far different to come home and say, "Yeah, I quit my job today." Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be a magician. Right, yeah, and you and I both have uh, counseled many a man, and and in fact, that, that's part of the right. the unlocked leader, the whole or the unlocked man, rather, uh, the whole thing is you know that's I think that probably I don't want to say the vast majority, but uh, a significant portion for sure of the men that right. I I talk to, that's that's their right. number one complaint. I that's you know right. I'm I'm dissatisfied. I don't like my job. All right, and I go, well, behold, I say unto you, boo hoo. Right. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you. That's right. Well, you know, I mean, you start thinking. You know, I want to jump out or I want to do this or I want to do that. And I said, well, you know, why don't you just go ahead and just uh, try and right. buy the Lamborghini, get the tattoos, cheat on your wife. <laughs> like, just just well, jump right off the cliff. My always the same advice to every guy. I was like, well, I'm stuck. I'm at loggerheads. I don't know what to do. What do you think I should do next? I say, pray. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for an answer, man. Right. So back to the sheets thing. Yes. Man, we are tangent. Tangent. Tangent heavy. Fire and tangents. But the <clears> point <throat> is, you know, uh, when you engage with uh, one or more rednecks who have, who are of the mind of jackassery. Yes. Jackassery is afoot. You know, you, and there's nobody in the car and it's locked. Your first reaction, in my mind, should be put a good distance between two of y'all yeah. and say, you know, if you can catch me. Yeah. I don't Take think you can. Take whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, I, I work out every day. Best and I run a lot. Right. You know? yeah. Now, if, um, if they do catch you or... Let's put it this way: You got somebody in that vehicle, mm-hmm. you know that's that's that you're yeah. that you're loving and protecting. Well, then you can't, right? And then you're going to have to try to do some things that ends the confrontation without anybody getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's why you got to be sheets ready. Yeah, you know the the consequences must be right. swift and severe. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you know, as we did in uh, military, <laughs> you got to have three levels of uh, blow that you're ready to deliver: the stun, punish, and kill. I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm not, advoca- I'm not advocating that. No. Just stick with stun. I would say, well, maybe punish. Punish could yeah. be. Well, look, that's Don't. the thing, right? Is there's a, and whether we want to use different names for it or whatever, yeah. but, but, you know, maybe it's uh, run, uh, stun, right. and uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, make, run, run, stun, re- and render them uh, useless. Uh, I don't know what the right word is. I can't yeah. think of it, but. Um, yeah, so maybe there's three different levels, but well, the, the, uh, the principle is still the same. For a short period of time, uh, really, at the start of F3, we had a Sunday workout we called the Redneck Disabler. No. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah. And it was <laughs> a hand-to-hand workout. It was at AG on Sunday morning before church, because they had a sand pit out there uh-huh. where, the, where the you know the pole vaulter goes. Yeah. And uh, we were doing some hand-to-hand stuff, and I just could never get the numbers. You know, that's wasn't enough interest. It's funny that you say that, because I know the guys in, uh, I want to say it was maybe Rock Hill tried to do a similar like yeah. you know karate you know martial yeah. arts sort of a thing and it lasted for a little while and kind of yeah. died but i think the, the um, biggest uh, drawback or the biggest thing holding back a, a redneck disabler thing is you know just not enough guys who know this stuff yeah so yeah, it's to really do, to do the training to do to, the training yeah. and it's like we're not you know it's not an efficient workout but uh it was fun i bet it was it was fun i bet it was. the redneck disabler <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you gotta have a, a few good moves, a few yeah. good old man moves, uh, if you if you're gonna be sheets ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, now look, right. you're not dealing with the uh, the the smartest uh, right. of the bunches necessarily, so it's it's a matter of kind yeah, of being two yeah, steps yeah. ahead is all. But 
And then if you're on, you know, you're out there at Oahu or wherever, and uh, you have said you will protect this stuff. Yeah. And some guy decides he wants it. You got to decide what, you know, what you're willing to do about it. I'm guessing, you know, your first step would be at least to say, I, I'm not going to let you take it. That yeah. doesn't belong to you. Yeah. Right? And then you got to make your next decision because, of course, then, you know, you had your wife and, right. and her family there. Um, right. But sometimes all it really takes is one good man to stand up in the face of evil. Yeah. Which is, gets us kind of the last thing I want to talk about, which is extrapolating out from the idea of Freedom Park being this uh, mere enclave. Right. Right. This lovely 98 acre right. patch of land this, in uh, the middle of New Jerusalem. This lovely Eden of sorts. Yes. Uh, this enclave within Freedom Park. Uh, writ large, America is Freedom's Park, right? Yeah. It's the light. And last beacon of hope in a darkened world. And uh, that's why the the credo of the minivan centurion is simply not, does not stop with the community. Yeah. You love and protect your family, right? You're an asset to your community and you're willing to fight to protect the middle. Again, not fight violently, but fight for yeah. justice and righteousness. Yeah, to, stand right, to stand against those things that to, would destroy that. To stand athwart, uh, to stand athwart those, the enemies of liberty. Mm-hmm. And to do that in the way that God has equipped you to do so, which for most of us is going to be, you know, by words, by standing up and yeah. and yeah. Pro- proclaiming those things about which we hold well, most and, dear, and persuading and teaching truth. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, were it to descend into some sort of uh, physical thing, that would be really, really bad. Yeah, and I hope that no one wins that one. And yeah. I'm pretty certain it's not going to. But if you say, well, you know, I'm not willing to go past love and protect my family. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not willing to commit to being an asset to your community. My response would be, since your family exists within the community, don't you think it would behoove you and be most prudent mm-hmm. for you to extend your lines out to the entire community, yeah. right? Well, th- that is kind of a first-they-came attitude. And uh, yeah. eventually... That is a first-they-came attitude. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. uh, astute observation. So, you know, one of the things that's coming out now about the withdrawal from Afghanistan is something that any soldier would have recognized immediately by just watching. It's like the there was no security gap between the gate where these Marines were charged mm-hmm. and the and like there was no no man's land. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, everybody yeah. that you know was pushed up against it. The, there was no gap whatsoever. There was no yeah. So any engagement that's was right, right with right, right. there. And yeah. you always set up a defensive position in, in echelon and in depth. You know, so where you got, you know, your foxholes, your fighting positions out front of that, you're going to have some wire out front of that, you're going to have some, some, some wire out front of that, you're going to have some mines and out, out front of all that, you got like security patrols right. out in front of the lines because you don't want the enemy to penetrate all the way to your, your last line of defense yeah. before you engage them. Yeah, right. The, it's just go well. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's just the theory of the defense. It goes back for a long, long time. Yeah. And uh, that's just the way it goes, right? It's the way you set it up. Now, the Afghanistan, that was violated. And I'm not trying to make a political statement. I have no idea what the circumstances no, were. No, no, again. But, but, but that... Observing the facts, yeah, painting the bowl right. of fruit as it is. Right. That's what happened. So when that ISIS terrorist triggered the uh, triggered the explosive device, yeah. he killed a bunch of Afghanistan's 13 service members, American service members, because they were right there. Yeah, there was no distance. And they did it because it was a target of opportunity to say, look, yeah. we can infiltrate this crowd and get within striking distance with this explosive device. Of course they did it. Yeah. They should have been 40, 50, 100 meters back. Right. Um, and it's the same in life. If you think you're going to love, I mean, this is a long analogy, but no, if no, you're no. going to love and protect your family without a stable 
community, well, you've, you have, you are, you're letting the bad guys get right up to your doorstep. Mm-hmm. You know, last, this morning I wake up, this often happens because I go to bed early and I've got three teenagers and, you know, and, and my wife stays early, whatever. And I go out and the alarm's not on. Okay. I'm going out to the workout and I go through the garage door, which is always unlocked. Yeah. And out into the garage and the garage door are open and the lights on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, the only thing we're missing is a sign that says, come in here. We're completely unprepared for you. <laughs> <laughs> please take this stuff please take this stuff now uh fortunately you live in the farming village of cotswold cotswold which is a stable and safe community where the neighbors watch out for one another and we don't tolerate uh people putting up tent villages you know uh, right. you know and right. we got a little greenway we don't you're not allowed to live in the greenway in a tent we don't yeah, we don't tolerate happening. that right. not gonna happen not that we don't love you not we won't help you no but you 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 cannot occupy a uh, common space within the, the farming village of Cotswold yeah. because it leads to criminality. Yeah. And we just won't tolerate that because we, I'm an asset to the community. It's not going to happen. So that's that's an intermediate belt. So I'd say, well, I'm willing to be an asset to the community, but you know what? I don't like all this fight to hold the middle stuff, the nation, whatever. You know, I, national stuff's not something I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think happens to your community if the nation falls? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where is your community going to be? Yeah, got a real problem. Where's your community be then? You know? And so I think a natural question would be to somebody's like, what are you? And somebody asked me this, well, were you going to fight the world? So it depends how you view the world, right? Sure. And I view the world through the lens of my faith, which is a Christian faith. And which is that I'm supposed to, to I'm supposed to worship the creator, not the created end state. Yeah. I'm not supposed to. And there's a lot of scripture. I live in it. I live in it, but I'm not of it. Yeah. So when, when I say fight the world, what I mean is stand up for the principles of righteousness and virtue and the, and the essentials that we believe in, yeah. which is the empty tomb, right? Mm-hmm. Number one. And number two, that all men are created equal, which are not two things that are held dear anywhere else in the world or as dear as they are here. Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Yeah, yeah. This, is not a, this is not a Don Quixote exercise. That's right. This is That's not right. that kind of fight the right. world. And we can, and as we do, not only accept and tolerate and love people that don't believe those things, whether they be Americans or whether they be visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're called to do that because that's part of being a minivan centurion. Uh, but by God, that does not mean we would stand aside and allow um, that which makes this nation so free, which makes us the light of liberty. Mm-hmm. We're not allow, We're not going to allow it to be snuffed out, not without a fight, uh, which yeah. is the way that uh, you ensure that Freedom Park will continue to exist because of the existence of Freedom's Park. Aye? Aye. Dark, can I tell you something? Yeah, I know. I'd love to hear it. You've you got the face for a radio <laughs> that's just burnt to a crisp because you, there's not enough band of soleil in the entire Big Island to cover that <laughs> noggin. He started the copper tone at his neck and it ran out about it his cheek level. <laughs> it's like, we've run out of uh, sunblock for your husband's giant <laughs> noggin. Oh, well. Eh, he, I guess let it burn. He's a centurion. He'll deal He'll with it. He'll find. It's fine. <laughs> it's a podcast. It, it is. It is. It is. You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. 
you don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Mm-hmm.